Hello, this is Pastor John Willingham of Doralstown Presbyterian Church. As our podcast audience continues to grow, I want to thank our loyal listeners and welcome those who may have just recently found us. We know that life can quickly become busy, so this podcast offers an on-the-go opportunity to hear a Sunday sermon along with the scripture lesson read by that day's lay leader or preacher. We also encourage you to visit our website at dtownpc.org to learn more about our church and all of our diverse ministries. Thank you for tuning in. Our New Testament reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew. We're reading from the 24th chapter, recounting a conversation that occurred during the last week of Jesus' life. We begin with verse 3. You can find it on page 26 in the New Testament portion of your pew Bible. For those of you joining us at home, the words will appear on the screen. When Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will this be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered them, beware that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Messiah, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All this is but the beginning of the birth let us pray. We give thanks, O oh God, for your living word to us. As we gather in this moment, send us your spirit that we might hear the word that you intend, equipping us then to respond in ways that bring you glory and honor. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 25 years ago, there were a series of billboards that appeared alongside highways across our country. They purported to bring messages from God, and each of them was very succinct and clear in the message. There was a long series of billboards. Among them were ones that read, Loved the wedding, invite me to the marriage. One that said, I don't question your existence. And another one that said, is the road you're on, will it get you to my place? Each of those messages, ostensibly from God, ended with two dashes and simply the name of God. As they began to appear and soon spread across the country, of course, people were curious about how it had started, and so a journalist engaged in some research and soon learned that they had begun from an, a, a gift by an anonymous man in Florida who donated $150,000, took it to an advertising agency in Fort Lauderdale, and told them that they were to develop this series. Their only explanation was that it was to be non-denominational and broad, broad 
in its spiritual insights. The actual individual who wrote it was a man named Charlie Robb. And once the billboards began to appear in South Florida, a national outdoor advertising agency encouraged billboard owners throughout the country to post them as well as kind of a public service venture. I think two of my personal favorites in that series was one that read, what part of thou shalt not do you not understand? (laughs) And another one that simply read, my way is the highway. When Rob was interviewed about this experience, he said that unlike the more mundane products that usually he was helping advertise like beer, he said that the experience of being God's unofficial spokesperson was, quote, bizarre. But he went on to say, there is no downside to what we are selling here. I thought about that series of advertisements as I first read these words from Habakkuk. Be clear, there is no mention in those verses of some sort of outdoor signage or some anonymous benefactor, as what we have instead is a clear and exact message from God delivered to one's contemporaries. And yet, because those words became part of Scripture, they are also a word for us. And so we turn to listen in more closely. Habakkuk lived in the 7th century B.C., and just prior to our verse, he is complaining to God about threats that are coming upon his nation from some foreign power. And and then he says this, I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what the Lord will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. With an unusual promptness, both for scripture and for that matter in our own life, God replies fairly quickly. And so we read, as Habakkuk continues, then the Lord answered me, and this is what he said. Write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. God goes on to add that the solution to the problem will come, but it may take a while before it appears, and then said, if it seems to tarry, wait for it for it will surely come. Our New Testament passage offers a similar kind of message. It occurs during Jesus' last week. And just prior to our scene, he has been talking to his disciples and pointing to the massive temple that looms over the city of Jerusalem and says that soon it will be destroyed. And so at some point later, when it's just that group privately, the disciples take him aside and say, tell us, when will this happen, and what will the signs be that is about to occur? And their teacher says to them, beware that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Messiah, and they will lead many astray. 
and you will hear of wars and rumor of rumors of wars see that you are not alarmed for this must take place but the end is not yet jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for dramatic events that will happen after he has left the earth and so he's giving them advance notice of what will happen so that they might not be alarmed when it occurs, but also that they might then pay attention more carefully to the clues. For many people living in our day, seeing the troubles that are happening in our world or even in our own country, some have concluded that the end events might be near. Jesus encouraged his followers not to linger too much on that kind of speculation. As elsewhere in Scripture, he's also clear in declaring that only God knows exactly when that moment will come. And yet Jesus, like Habakkuk, does declare that God sends these signs in our journey and that part of what we need to do as we travel in this life is to be alert for and pay attention to those messages. Perhaps for you on this day, the issue is not one of when Jesus will return, but wanting some guidance as to whether you should stay in your current job or seek a new one. Maybe for you, the most pressing matter is one of whether you should end a long-standing relationship or take the next step in deepening one that has just begun to blossom perhaps for you the real question that you're trying to get an answer for is whether it is time to move a loved one to skilled nursing or to move your child to a different school or to move yourself across the country there are all kinds of matters that face us in our lives when we seek to gain some sort of direction about what we are to do. And the scripture before us this morning reveals that God continues to provide us with those kinds of indicators. And that word delivered through Habakkuk, I think, is still part of God's promise to us. When God says, write the vision, Make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. I love that image of a vision that is so clear that one rushing by can even understand it. That's sharp contrast to this annoying habit that some film and TV directors have started using in recent years namely of when a plot is unfolding and at some key point the camera zooms in on the cell phone of one of the actors and you're supposed to read the text message <laughs> to understand what is about to happen and i don't know about you but when i see that at home i have to pause the action and i have to get up to go read what i'm supposed to know what what we hear from Habakkuk is a very different kind of message. One that is so clear, so pronounced, that it's apparent exactly what it is that we should do. And yet, the reality is, for all of us, there are still times when because of spiritual or physical limitations, we miss the message. 
For instance, there is a medical condition that I think eventually all of us will face, namely that as we age, there is this difficulty reading things that are close up. It has the unfortunate medical term of presbyopia. <laughs> I'm not making this up. <laughs> the name itself comes from two Greek words that literally mean old eyes. And yet I did some research this week and learned that the term first appeared in any publication in 1791, which was only seven years after Benjamin Franklin invented the bifocals. Franklin, as many of you know, is buried at Christ Church, an Episcopal congregation in Center City. And so the question I have is, was presbyopia coined by an Episcopalian doctor. <laughs> I have to wonder. And yet, even with an uncertainty as to the answer of that, and even with those times that we have perfect vision, there can still be these moments when we miss billboard-sized clues from God. And that what we all need to do is to pay attention. As most of you know, in October of 1991, I missed a step going into our garage and I fell and I broke my hip. Not only am I completely recovered from that accident, but I think in some ways my overall health is even better than it was before. And yet, it was part of that same journey that I started another one that led me to decide that I would be retiring at the end of August. It was during my recovery that I received all kinds of outpouring of love and support from family and friends and from this congregation. On that first Sunday in October, Pauline and an elder in the church brought me communion. The staff scrambled to cover the tasks that were on my schedule, including some involving our generosity campaign that was just beginning. A prayer quilt was prepared here and brought to me. Wonderful meals were dropped by our home. Countless other prayers were offered. I felt the love, and it definitely made the difference. And yet I also had unexpected time alone at home. And that caused me to start thinking about other things, in particular my future. One particular conversation that stands out for me in that process happened with a woman named Dolores, an 88-year-old Presbyterian elder who is one of the most wise and faithful people I know. At the end of her career, she retired, having risen from nurse to chief operating officer of the University of Pennsylvania Hospital. She and I first met 
as we were on a search committee 10 years ago for a new Presbytery executive, and we have remained dear friends ever since. And it's as part of a phone conversation towards the end of October that Loris and I chatted. And said, she said several things to me. The accident was a way to see how much God cares for you, she said. Some of the best lessons in life come through pain. God is going to do it in the way God wants to do it, she said, no matter how much we resist it. Those are all things that I knew, but it was helpful to hear it again. And yet, the most significant thing Dolores said to me in that conversation was this. Pay attention to what you are seeing and experiencing now and as you return to work, for the path will become clear. For me, I took away that guidance simply to mean pay attention to the clues. And so as I came back to work that first week of November, those words were continuing to play themselves in my mind as I resumed my tasks and prepared for the things that were ahead. And yet bit by bit, in those early weeks back, I began to wonder if I should retire at the end of the following summer. Some of that came about because of how the broken hip had reminded me of how quickly life can change and all kinds of things that I still want to do. And yet other clues arose as part of conversations and as I was engaged in the work of ministry again and began to wonder if my time was winding down and if it was time for DPC to have another leader for the decade to come. I had planned, prior to my accident, to work for one more year. And yet, as I pondered this question, paying attention to the clues, I found myself asking why. Why would I wait to do that? So when I reached a kind of preliminary idea about that, I then turned to the wisest and most faithful woman I know, and Lori, in her typical fashion, <laughs> listened carefully, asked me good questions, and then let the topic rest. But then, as she is also very good at doing, a couple of days later, she came back and said, well, what are you thinking now about the timing of your retirement? And I said, I am feeling exactly the same way. And she said, well, what really strikes me about that is two things how quickly you pivoted in your own thinking, and secondly, how at peace you feel and seem to be with it. I did, and I still do. My hope for all of you is that no matter what question is before you this day, that no matter what piece of your life you are trying to figure out moving forward, that for you as well, there will become this sense of clarity as to next steps. Certainly my hope is, 
on your part that it doesn't require a broken bone. But even if it does, that as you move through these days, that you will feel a growing sense of clarity and peace about what is to come next. And that even as you wait, you will take encouragement from those words of God spoken long ago that God now speaks to you. There is still a vision for the appointed time. If it seems to tarry, wait for it, for it will surely come. Let us pray. We give thanks, O God, for the ways that you continually listen and respond and lead. Give all of us eyes of faith to discover those clues that you provide. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. Once again, I invite you to check out dtownpc.org for information about our worship and programming for all ages.